That's called feeding the ducks. This is Super Tuesday. I'm James, and I got Andrew Fantasia joining me once again on the old. It's uh, what's it called? Dial up. Bam! Andrew's here. How's it going, Andrew? It's going even better now that I'm feeding the ducks. Ducks need to be fed. This is a staple in the duck feeding household. That is digital charcuterie. Thank you, everybody, for joining us today. It's going to be a lot of fun. we got a lot of super topics to talk about, from Superman to Star Wars to uh, the Marvels trailer came out today. The Marvels is what it's called. And we're going to do a new segment we're calling Hulk Smash or Hulk Pass. And I'm curious what... I think I know where you're going to go with that one. I haven't decided where I am. Am I Hulk Smashing Hulk Smash? You're going to have to wait to find out. You're going to have to wait to find out. <laughs> it's a good time. It's something that go. you really dislike. Can you do Red Hulk Pass? We should. We should. We'll, we'll have to get on that for sure. But let's get right into it because I was not expecting Andrew to come out of the Super Mario Brother movie. And the biggest surprise, the biggest impact that that movie had was not the plot, was not Chris Pratt. It was Jack Black's Bowser singing Peaches, a song about Princess Peach. Yeah, I was not expecting that. How do you feel about the Peaches song? And how, do you run? Are you a runner now? And is it on your running playlist? I'm not a runner. I will never be a runner. I promise. <laughs> Everybody can sleep well. I will never run. Um, speaking of sleeping well, I often don't. Uh, and usually, when I'm lying awake trying to sleep, I got songs stuck in my head. And the night before last, that happened, and it was peaches. So it was, you know, eight and a half hours of just lying in bed wide awake and just like peaches, 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 like just running through every part of my brain that was awake, which was all of them. And I mean, talk about a great song, talk about a great moment, talk about a great character. Jack Black's Bowser. You know, depending on who you're talking to, whether or not you, you know, it's a person you would recommend the Mario Brothers movie to, Jack Black's Bowser is, in my opinion, reason enough to see the movie just on his own. He's perfect. I thought the movie was perfect, but you're right, Jack Black. I, look, Jack Black has is like, he's been this gem since... I would say Enemy of the State. If you haven't seen Enemy of the State, I it uh, you should watch. Oh, well, Andrew, you do your movie uh, reviews on your. By the way, you should check out Andrew's personal YouTube channel. But you do like a hundred thousand movies in twenty seconds. Enemy of the States. Will Smith, Gene Hackman, already like great actors right there. Like Gene Hackman is always brilliant. But but they, apparently, and this was based on. I think it was. Um, it was Tony Scott. And I think in the, the the commentary, he mentioned how they went to like actual CAA operatives and stuff. And they found out that it was all like 20 year olds, 20 somethings working in the CIA. Like all like the people doing the tech stuff was all like in their 20s because this is the 90s and tech wasn't around. And so it's like Jack Black, Jamie Kennedy, uh, <laughs> Barry, what's his name? Barry from Saving Private Ryan. He's Canadian. Barry, Barry Pepper. Barry Pepper. It's like, he, all the uh, Seth Green, there's like great actors in this, and uh, but Jack Black's in it, and he just he has these great line deliveries. And I didn't know who he was. And then High Fidelity, have you seen High Fidelity? No, okay, you need to watch High Fidelity. He, uh. but what I'm getting at is he shows up, many of the state. I, I mean, he, he has some cool moments, he's not comedic or anything, but he's very energetic. But then you have all these movies that he shows up in, and I was because I was thinking about like Jumanji's The Rock, Kevin Hart. And Jack Black, every time he's on the screen, he commands your attention. But not in like a way that distracts from what's around. He kind of like blends in. And when he's there, he steals everything. And it's like in a very positive way. He's got the best energy. He's a ball of energy. If you don't follow him on like Instagram and TikTok and all that, it's you should because he's hilarious. He does little skits and bits on there. 
And uh, he obviously, spoilers for anyone who hasn't been watching Star Wars, he shows up in The Mandalorian. He's a big Star Wars fan, did some skits on on that. But that's his shtick, though. Like He's like, he is a ball of energy. And every time he appears in something, you're guaranteed to have a good time. Like, he just, he brings it every It doesn't matter, animated, like King Kung Fu Panda. He's great in Kung Fu Panda. Like, he, he animation, voiceover or acting, whatever, he He's going to bring it. So I agree with you. I think recommending this movie to, you know, certain people would be a mistake, but suggesting to watch it and pay close attention to Jack Black's Bowser, hundo per cento. The first thing that I remember coming on my radar where there was the first time I saw Jack Black and I didn't even see the movie. I still haven't seen it, but it was the first time I was aware of him as an actor was Orange County. Remember? Orange oh my County? God. There's another one. Colin Hanks, dude. Dude, same director as Jumanji. Dude, <laughs> love Orange County. He steals everything. John Lithgow, equally amazing in that movie. Amazing. Yeah, I love Jack. I've been, I'm a huge Jack Black fan, obviously. You can tell. I, but you know what? I was just like, he's going to be fine as Bowser. And he stole, he stole it as Bowser. And, and the Peaches song, it just, <laughs> just how it comes out of nowhere. <laughs> like, it's just like... Like, cause I was talking to Rob or Fred Rob. He's like, ah, I heard that Jack Black sings. I'm like, yeah, that's not gonna, that's not gonna ruin it for you. He goes, ah, but I wish I didn't know he sang. And I said, <laughs> you know, by the time you get to that part of the movie, you'll have forgotten, yeah. and it you're, will throw you off. You're neck deep at that point. Yeah, and it, like, and it's not like they build to it. It's not like they're like, we got to get to the singing part. They're like, no, no, it just happens. So, yeah, I don't know kudos to them the movie's made a bazillion dollars in the box office it's it beat frozen 2 for like domestic or something so Ooh, good nice. for good for the mario brother movie i i liked it a lot you can watch my review here you can see our out of theater reaction where we both enjoyed the movie um i look i mean maybe you can make a better movie but can you make a better mario movie like just everything that it, it encompassed was just so good. And here's the other thing, the other caveat to it is it was an animated children's film. So to me, it was like everything about it was perfect. Like you're catering to that demographic. I think they, I think they knocked it out of the park. Yeah. I think that there's, of course there's room to, you know, do things in other ways that would have pleased other groups of people, but for the movie you're making, you made it, and you made it I right. Thought, but that's the thing; it's like it was an Illumination movie mm-hmm. that was geared towards the kids that are playing Mario now, with the little Easter eggs hidden in between for the adults like us. That's right. what I got out of it, right? So I can't complain about it. I thought it was. I mean, look, I grew up watching the the Mario Brother one, which I thought was fantastic on every level, as always. I'm looking at a rundown and I hit a play on the thing. So, um, yeah, I thought it was it was great. It made a lot of money. We'll see how it does next next weekend. I'm sure it'll do do well, if not spectacular. I haven't I watched know. your video yet about your top five characters that you want to see in the sequel. But all I'm going to say is, if Daniela is not number one, <laughs> so so what happened was the. We went to go see it on Friday, on Good Friday, and, and Thursday you came over, and we played Marvel United, and then we, uh, and then we with Aaron, and then we watched Super. We watched the 1993 movie, which you had never seen, and you were fixated on Mario's girlfriend Daniela. <laughs> like you were like trying to wrap your head around this character, and it's like just, just you just have to accept her. It would be great. She is not on my list, though. I should, I should, I should, redo, I should redo the list. He's got a random girlfriend, half his age, who works at a tanning salon, and she sounds like she lives on Long Island. I would just, I want to know more. Absolutely <laughs> perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely perfect. No, it was, you know, I gotta say, it was fun doing the, um, doing that top five characters I'd like to see in the sequel. It was kind of fun. I was, like, there was more. I was debating on having, on doing, like, ten, because there's so many you could do. But I also did spinoff films I'd like to see based on it as well. And Punch-Out didn't make the list. It was, it was like, Punch-Out was there, it was there, and then I was like, ah, just watch, 
Rocky or Creed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we we got that. We got that. But I'm I, I'm looking forward to doing more of those kind of things, like because now Nintendo's pro- like in '93, Nintendo's like, nope, never again. Now they're like all of them, bring them all. And for me, I'm gonna do the video, but I've got to be honest. I think like a Legend of Zelda, Lord of the Rings style, is probably like my number one that they should do, but they probably never will. I think they're just they'll probably just stick everything to animated because it worked so well. And they don't. All right, Angel, let's start the show officially now. Talk some Superman legacy from your main man, James Gunn. He called you up. He said, hey, I want you to play Rocket Raccoon. You declined. He got his brother. That's actually how it happened. Mm-hmm. You said, I am an actor, not a raccoon. Uh, he's Look, there's a lot of... I, I love the Snyder films. I love Man of Steel. I think that's, you know... One of the best ones we've gotten. He's going to be doing now Superman. It's not an origin story apparently, but it's called Legacy, and he's going to. And they're not using Henry Cavill because they want someone in like their twenties, which makes sense if you're going to make these movies for 10, 20 years. I think Batman can. I think you can get away with being older for Batman, but Superman, I think you've got to go younger. I mean, even Henry Cavill was only like early thirties when he first donned the the red and blue, right? So yeah. I think you got to go younger. I understand it. It sucks for someone who's a fan like me, but I mean, the reality is you got to move on. They had 10 years of Henry Cavill and did squat with him. So sorry about your luck, pal. Uh, let's move on. So James Gunn is here now. And he, the, the word on the street is that they want someone, uh, they want like a young Southern boy, kind of like a young Chris Pratt is what they're looking for, for a Superman. Which it struck me in a few ways. One, people are just going to hear Chris Pratt and be upset. Two, I kind of understood it. I don't think Chris Pratt would ever have been right for Superman. He doesn't have that quality. I never thought he would be right for Indiana Jones either. He doesn't have that quality uh, either. He was great as um, Star Lord, and I mean, he did. He was he was good in the Jurassic Park. He's been good in a lot of the stuff, but I don't think he would have been right for either of those Superman specifically. But I do kind of understand where they're coming from, and I kind of think it's a good idea where they are because he is obviously Southern. And one thing Chris Pratt has is that earnest quality to him, like a childlike essence that I think might be fun to see Superman Clark can have. That being said, I think they need somebody just with a little bit more, I don't chiseled a little bit i mean look chris pratt is now ripped i'm not saying he's not but he just i don't know what that quality is but he doesn't have that one quality that superman has and i think i think they're on the right track with who they're going to find it'll probably end up being like anson mount or somebody but they're on the right track with what they're looking for what do you make of the chris pratt a young chris pratt for superman i think obviously james this is james gunn trying to tell us that they're going to look to the dial of destiny technology to de-age Chris Pratt and he's just going to play Superman and he's going to play Superman in the movie in like flash forwards as normal Chris Pratt, which is why it's called legacy. That's what's happening. He's also going to be the voice of Brainiac and the voice of Krypton and the voice of Lana Lang. I'm wondering if anyone's picking up on your sarcasm. (laughs) (laughs) There's going to be like some, what is he talking about? You can't do that. That's probably what's up. The, the the Chris Pratt type thing, you know, that comment doesn't really mean anything to me except he's looking for just a young leading man, a young American leading man. And that's, you know, that sounds like something that we would have expected when we heard that uh, there was casting for the next Superman. Casting Superman is like casting James Bond, right? It, it's going to keep changing and you're going to get a lot of names thrown into the hat, but you're always safest and best off going with somebody who doesn't carry a lot of prior career baggage with them into the role. Uh, and that works well for James. And I think it works especially well for Superman because I want Superman, this is just me, but I want Superman to feel like he lives up to the fact that he is an alien. I want to feel like when I see him, fly in or even just walk into a scene i want to feel like i've never seen this 
person before on or off camera. Who is that? I want them to feel otherworldly. And, you know, if they cast somebody who's a giant name, uh, it's going to lose a little bit of that special power. Save the giant names for your Lex Luthors and your Lois Lanes if you want. Um, but And even Bruce Wayne can work as a, as a big name actor. But Superman being nobody that we know adds to his mystique. Makes him a little bit scarier, too, because we don't know what to expect from this man. And that is, uh, depending on the filmmaker in charge or the storyteller in charge, that's kind of what a lot of people want to get out of Superman is to get us to question and fear him. Like, who's this alien who can do pretty much anything and should we trust him? Because that's like a walking nuclear bomb walking around with his own free will, right? So I want someone I've never heard of. If he's like Chris Pratt in some way, fine, whatever. But uh, I want that name to be something I've never seen on a marquee before. Which was, you know, basically Henry Cavill was similar. He did like the Immortals, and I think probably showed up in a couple of things here or there. And he was up for Superman and Superman uh, Returns as well, which is odd. Hmm. So yeah, I agree. Like you know, you don't. I look. I always think when they cast these people, there's like five people in Hollywood for some reason, and they keep casting the same five people. And I don't get it. There's got to be a lot. There's got to be some unnamed actor out there who, you know, is chomping at the bit, who can play this part to perfection. And I think they're going to find someone like that. I joked about Anson Mount. They're probably the front runner, like someone like that. There's some other names of, of young actors that I've never heard of because I'm old that I'm sure uh, are in the running. And I'm really curious to see who they're going to bring forward. And I'm hoping like you that it's a nobody. And I, I kind of hope Lois Lane is a nobody as well. I keep them both kind of on par with each other. Like, just like they're both up and coming. 20 whatever year old actors doing what they do. That being said, Lex Luthor, who would be your choice? I'm putting you on the spot now. Who would be your choice for Lex Luthor? Well, James, I mean, if there's a heaven, it's a place where I can watch the parallel universe Earth Superman movies where instead of Gene Hackman, we got Telly Savalas. Telly Savalas is my dream Lex Luthor, but obviously he's no longer with us. Um, I'm going to be super basic. I apologize in advance, but I really want to see what Brian Cranston can do with it. I don't care. I want to see what he can do with it. <laughs> I think it, John it can't Hamm. be worse than Eisenberg. It can't. I would go John Hamm because John Hamm always wanted to play Superman and pull a Christopher Lee and don't let him play the hero. Let him play the villain. Oh. Do that with Lord of the Rings. Get, give it to John Hamm. Shave his head. John Hamm. I hope, though, I do hope one one hope I have for the James Gunn Superman is they shove him in the big ass robotic Lex Luthor shirt or that robot thing that he wears. I love that machine Lex Luthor. Put him in that. Don't be afraid. I love it. And that's even look. I, I think they'd be dumb not to put Lex Luthor in these movies because we didn't get him a Man of Steel, and he wasn't missed in Man of Steel. But I think he is such a big part of Superman. And the Superman lore. Don't shy away from these things. I will say though, Lawrence Fishburne, I wish they could get him back as Barry White because I thought he was oh, yeah. he was underutilized after Man of Steel and just pinned. His his delivery of that, like he just seemed to like really grasp it and was just phenomenal, I thought. Yeah, Lawrence Fishburne put him back in everything. Put him in every movie that DC makes from now on. I don't care. He doesn't even have to be Perry White anymore. Um, what about James, if we end up getting a villain we've never seen before, like a Brainiac, like a Mr. Mixius Pitlick, like a para, uh, what's his name? Parasite, right? What would you want them to do with a villain like that? I could really see them going with, with Brainiac. Uh I don't know. This is the thing. I don't know what I want from a villain because I don't know enough about the movie. Because I because when Man of Steel was coming, I was like, why are they doing Zod again? Like I was like, Zod? Like, that's where you're going? But when you watch the movie, Zod is really the only Superman villain that makes sense for that movie because it's all about Clark figuring out who he is and you need bizarro bizarro clark to to kind of show him you need zod to come in and kind of show him the other half of that so i don't know 
what I would like to see necessarily from, I think I, I really do believe Brainiac is on the horizon. I really feel like that's in Gunn's wheelhouse as well. Something like that. But I can't, I don't, I, I don't, if, can I answer that when I find out a little bit more about the movie? Yeah. How about that, you? How about you? What, what do you want from those? I mean, I want to see a good Lex Luthor because I don't think cinema has given us one yet. I don't think we've it's gotten a real great estate. Lex Luthor. Yeah. Um, the Smallville Lex Luthor, I loved. The cartoon Lex Luthor, I loved. But I don't think cinema has given us great Lex Luthor. So I want that. But Brainiac is interesting because he's kind of the next big name to go to with a Superman yeah. villain. But every time I've seen Brainiac depicted anywhere, it, he feels like a very Zack Snyder character. He, it, I always see him, like especially with Injustice 2, right? He's just in this big ship with all these tentacles and it's all very visually messy and just lots of lots of like metal flying around the screen and i don't really want like i don't want this to be a movie where half the shots are of computers and metal things like i want it to be a bit more of a personal human story so if we get brainiac i'm hoping james gunn does something with him that just gives him a bit more life than just like Starro. Yeah. You know, just something that's not as cold. And I know that's weird because Brainiac is by design a cold character, but I don't want it to be Superman just fighting robot tentacles for two and a half hours. Well, what if it isn't, sorry, sorry. But what if it isn't even like one villain? What if it's like, what if it's smaller than a villain and it's like obstacles along the way? I mean, obviously, there's going to have to be a big showdown at the end because if we don't have a big showdown at the end, we're screwed. And that's where I think Brainiac comes more into play. Mm-hmm. But like, it could be like a smaller string of obstacles that get you to where you're going, and then that's the big climax of the film. But the whole film, I think he is. I think with Legacy and the going younger and it about being who Superman is, Cal Ellis, I think they're going to they're going to play smaller, but lead to something big. And that being said, brain if it's brain if it's Brainiac, I I don't suspect they defeat or he defeats Brainiac in the end of this movie permanently. I think it's a it's a, a pause for now. Let's get the universe going because it, and don't forget this this is what is this called? This is called of like creatures and gods and monsters, gods and monsters, creatures and clowns. Yeah, is phase two. Creatures and clowns. That's where it's all literally Swamp Thing and Joker. That's it. It's your favorite phase. <laughs> But yeah, gods and monsters. So it's gods and monsters. You have Superman the God, Brainiac the monster. I mean, Swamp Thing's obvious. But you know what I mean? Like, so right yeah. away you start you you start your phase with two of them. I mean, monster could also be Lex Luthor. He is a monster. Blah blah blah. But I think like, I think he's got to go small and and like keep a person. It has to be a personal film about Superman. But then kind of like Man of Steel was was like that as well. But then at the end, because it's a superhero film, they got to blow the lid off of it. And that's when you use Brainiac, but you don't defeat him. You save him for round two. I'm okay with that. As long as they find a cool visual way to throw Brainiac in there. And hey, maybe we'll get really lucky, James, and we'll get Nuclear Man. Destroy Superman. Maybe he'll come back. All right, moving on. (laughs) Swamp Thing. Let's stay on the DC train for now. I'm excited for Swamp Thing. I loved in uh, Werewolf by Night when we got Man Thing. Mm-hmm. Which is not Swamp Thing at all. They're very different. But I love Swamp Thing. I love the idea of Swamp Thing. He was a one-off character in the 70s and then was resurrected because the fans loved him. And his, I think his origin story was changed a little bit, Andrew, in that he was a, a man who turned into a monster. But now it was more about his conscious being submerged with the swamp and what is consciousness and what is it to be a person. And things of that nature... Uh, James Mangold is writing and directing the film. He officially announced it at Star Wars Celebration this weekend. Collider asked him, and he said, there's your scoop. I am doing it. Uh, They did ask him what he was going to do first, and he said he did not know if he was going to do Star Wars or Swamp Thing first, which tells me neither one of them will get done. Uh, James Gunn confirmed the news also on Twitter. I'm excited for Swamp Thing. I think they could do a lot with it. I think it's going to be deep. I don't. The, my concern with it, Andrew, I know you have a question about it, but my concern with Swamp Thing, honestly, is 
Are we at a point where people are going to want to go and see Swamp Thing? Whatever it comes out, 2026, 2027, whatever. Are people interested in Swamp Thing? Werewolf by Night, you could argue they were, but that was on Disney+. Plus. I didn't have to get out of my house to go see a weird, uh, uh, an out there film. No pun intended, Andrew. For the you're the only one that gets it, but I didn't have to go to my house for that. So I'm I'm curious if people are going to be interested in a Swamp Thing movie. I'm curious too. Like he is a deep cut character um, in DC lore. Totally James Gunn's type of character, though. Very much so. Uh, whenever he does show up, like I really don't know much about him, and I'm like a DC guy, and I still don't know much about him, but. He's supposed to be pretty powerful, like God level powerful, as far as I know. All I know is Alan Moore wrote some of his comics back in the day and they were award-winning and people loved them because he changed he changed his origin. Yeah, he's the one that changed his origin. Yeah. Uh, It's a great origin. Like the the Alan Moore origin is fantastic. I think it would make a great film, a great tragic film. But I don't know how it, I just don't know if it suits modern audiences. Yeah, I don't know what they're going to do with it. And, well, maybe something is going to build up to it in this uh, gods and monsters story. Maybe something's going to build up to it to make it uh, a thing that we're curious about. Maybe just like Man-Thing that we saw last October, maybe we're going to meet Swamp Thing mm-hmm. before we see him in his own movie. Uh, maybe we're going to have a reason to want to find out what his deal is. Uh, I'm the only time I've ever come across him in my travels through a comic was uh, in the Green Lantern story, Bright as Day, which was when all the Green Lantern color rings just kind of went all over the place and a bunch of DC characters got them and like Scarecrow got a yellow ring and it was all nuts. And they were like, the only way we're going to beat this is, and like there was a, the, the black rings created zombies they're they're like okay if the black rings are death the only way we're going to beat them is with white rings of life but every color ring james needed a sort of godlike being to represent the power that was in them and for the white rings that was swamp thing uh and i couldn't explain to you how it worked or what it means but he was in this giant story that tied together a lot of stuff he was uh, the deus ex machina be-all end-all that saves the day and helped the good guys win. I believe there was a show, like a CW show a few years ago that like, I don't even think I went past the first episode. I don't know if it was a pilot or if they put it to air and it just like fizzled out after like two, three episodes. I remember that. That was something that happened. Uh, it looked brutal. If I'm, I might be making this up, but I, th- I vaguely remember that it was brutal. This. It lasted, I think, a second longer than the Aquaman show hmm. that they tried to do. By the way, the only true Aquaman, Jason Momoa, is Vince from Entourage. At least that's what Vince would like you to believe. And James, and James Cameron, who needs a hit right now. <laughs> yeah, he really does. <laughs> I love even on that show 20-something years ago, they're like, this movie's going to make a billion dollars. It's James Cameron. I look, Swamp Thing, I think it has a lot of potential. I think it could, I think it honestly could be something special and unique. I loved Werewolf by Night. I felt that was like that as well. I love the old monster movies. I used to, like I say this all the time, I used to run home from school and watch like The Return of the Invisible Man and Abbott and Costello and the Universal Monsters and things like that. Like I used to love those old, the old Universal Monster movies. I thought they were a lot of fun. I love that they're kind of bringing to the foray. It's James Gunn's thing. James Mangold, no idea what he's going to bring to the table on this. Um, if it'll even happen because of Star Star Wars or if this Star Wars won't happen because of this, who knows? But I'm very intrigued on Swamp Thing. I hope, yeah, maybe they, they introduce them earlier on and one of the other things, maybe it's one of the animated stuff, which still wouldn't make any sense. You got to bring him in like Superman or something for people to be like, I want to watch a movie with Swamp Thing, uh, but I'm all in. But also if the trailer is good enough, I think people are going to flock to the movies anyway. So maybe there's nothing to worry about with with uh, Swamp Thing, or maybe there's everything to worry about. And superhero fatigue is a thing, Andrew, and it's happening fast. I wonder if anybody has swamp fatigue yet, and if they do, call us and come on the show because I'd love to talk to you 
But I have a question about this whole James right. Mangold yeah, thing. And it's uh, it's kind of concerning. Uh, oh. Because it, it really just, I mean, concerning, even though we already see it coming a mile away and you've already just mentioned it. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if we look at our track record of the past, Ryan Johnson really wants to do a Star War and we've got him locked in until now when he decided, you know what, he's going to focus on Knives Out. Taika Waititi really wants to do a Star War. We got him locked in until now because he really wants to focus on making like his remake of Akira and Flash Gordon and doing Thor 4. So he's not going to do it anymore. So are we really going to walk the same walk and dance the same dance again? Is this going to happen yet again? Are we going to find out in like six, seven, eight months? James Mangold really wants to do a Star Wars and he's locked in, but until now, uh, he just really wants to focus on making Swamp Thing the best movie it can be. So he's going to step away from Star Wars. Like this, this is kind of troubling. Uh, I was this, really excited to see what James Mangold could bring to this movie, to this uh, high, uh, old, ancient, low Republic. I don't even know what it's called. First Jedi movie. What really annoys me, I switched it to Star Wars now. What really annoys me is that they say the script for Dawn of the Jedi, which is James Mangold, is almost done. It's been worked on and it's almost done. And now he's saying that he's scripting both of them and he doesn't know which one will be first. And you're right. We've gone down this road. And I said this on Rebel Scum last week on episode 281, I think it was. I said the James Mangold, for me, the Dave Filoni Star Wars movie is happening. Because I have faith in Dave Filoni getting it done. <laughs> because as yeah. of right now, he's the only one that has gotten a Star Wars movie done. That's, that wasn't, you know what I mean? Like, he's the only one that's basically, or not movie, but he's, he's when he does something, it's coming. Like, it's happening. The, the other one with Ray, I don't know. Whatever. We'll see. But the James Mangold one, I said right away, I said, what if Indiana Jones flops? What if Indiana Jones is terrible? Because we've seen this already with Kevin, Colin Trevorrow and uh, Josh Trank and um, uh, Patty Jenkins coming off Wonder Woman 2. We've seen this. It's repeat. This is a, this has repeated itself over and over again. I and I said this weeks ago when they when the first rumor came out that they're going to announce three movies. Don't do it. Don't announce the three movies. Just announce one if you even are close to it. But don't announce three because now, like if if it does, if the mangled one doesn't happen, it's a joke. And if the Ray one doesn't happen, it's a, they already lost the writer on the Ray one. Like, okay, they got Stephen Knight in. That's fine. But what if he clashes with the director and the script and they can't figure it out? Like you, they're jumping the gun on this. I think it's a joke. I, I but uh, the mangled thing. I mean, he's at least he's in. The Star Wars, he's in the Lucasfilm family with Indiana Jones. Like, at least he's in there. So, at least Kathleen Kennedy could go down the hall and be like, what does this movie look like? Okay. Like, at least she has firsthand experience of what it looks like. And it's not later on where it's like, oh, man, you made a pile of Jurassic Park poop over there. Yeah. Like, she like she has that at least going forward with Mangled. So, I have, I have minimum faith that the Mangled one will happen. But you're right. If he's writing them side by side, which is what it sounds like, what if Swamp Thing takes off and he's like, I am so happy with the Swamp Thing. We got to get this. The only other thing to this, Andrew, before I let you talk, is the, the only caveat to it all is this. Swamp Thing, 2028, James Mangold, Star Wars movie, 2026, 2030. That's the, or, or 2030. That's the only way I can see that really working out is if they have... Solid dates. You're making this movie for this time and this movie for this time. But until then, he's going to, I think he's going to depart one of these projects. I really do. And I don't know which one I hope he departs, to be honest. Maybe he sticks on both of them, which would be great. But I, I don't know. Like they're both very like clouded and they, there's no set. Like it's coming out this day. It's coming out this day. And to look, to DC and Star Wars credit, they, well, they shouldn't have announced these anyway because their track records for both those companies are pitiful. Uh, but that's all I have to say about that is thanks for ruining my night, Andrew. I'm so sorry, but I, I'm, I'm not 
in the same headspace I was, you know, three years ago when we found out about Rogue Squadron, even though these three movies, all of them sound 10 times more exciting to me than Rogue Squadron oh, did. Billion not, times. Yeah. For, like they are so much more interesting. I'm not letting myself get as excited as I got with Rogue Squadron, even though I'm really <laughs> like, I want to be because these sound so cool uh, because of just the track record. And because, you know, we're not, uh, there's no trailer yet. So until that happens, it's nebulous. It's just a Fugazi and we can't um, attach any hope or meaning to it, even though rebellions were built on hope. So I really want this James Mangold movie to happen, this first Jedi to happen. And I really want Swamp Thing to happen. It would be nice to have both. Can we just live in a world where both of them happen? Let's just make that a thing. Let's live in a world where they both exist and they're both great movies. How about that? I think it's totally a possibility. I just don't know. I just, I just don't know how the inner workings are and if it's possible. Like, how, like the Ray movie is supposed to be the first movie. The the Filoni one they said is still like six to eight years away. I'm like, fine, that's fine. Let the show's freaking continue. But why are you telling me about this movie now? Like, why are you telling me? That's a long, I, long I, time. My theory on why they announced that one is because the ratings of these shows have been declining steadily for like since I think it was like Boba Fett, Obi Wan. And or Mando, like they're all declining, and it's like, well, let's kick them in the butts and show them that they should be excited. I feel like that's what it is more than anything. It's, it's, I don't know. I the whole thing is just annoying to me. I hope we get the movies. The Dawn of the Jedi sounds cool. Swamp Thing sounds cool. Uh, but what? Anyway, I, I don't. I don't know if we're gonna get either one of them. Uh, and I'm like you, I'm not excited about any of them. Well, Swamp Thing more because it looks cool, but I'm not excited about Star Wars until I see it anymore because I've been burned so many times. And I, I honestly, like as everyone was jumping up and down, I'm like, okay, they're, they're exciting announcements. I like the, the, the heat of the moment. And then once that faded, I was like, oh, okay, it's probably like all for naught. You know, like we're not getting these movies. We never will. Fine. I'm fine i'm just gonna stick to mando and andor and that and and whatever and we'll have to live on from from that because yeah it, history repeats itself speaking of history we're gonna go back 150 or 200 years in the past mm-hmm. or 100 years and check out the acolyte uh more information was spewed about it at star wars celebration in london this weekend it sounds like a jolly good time Andrew, what's the acolyte about? So I heard this secondhand over Twitter uh, from a person who was at the panel. So I'm just, that's my source. That's my bibliography. Don't hate me if this ends up not being true. But I heard that the acolyte's plot is about uh, a couple of identical twins, both of whom are played by Amanda Stenberg. And one of them joins the Jedi. The other one, uh, is not as big a fan of the light side of the force, James. She prefers the other brand. Uh, and eventually, I'm assuming it's going to lead to the two of them clashing in some kind of mirror match. Uh, and uh, we are going to see some very cool twin stuff, some very cool saber-on-saber action. Uh, it was described by Leslie Headland as Frozen meets Kill Bill. And we were kind of scratching our heads at the frozen bit until I found this out. And I'm like, okay, two sisters who are very, very different. uh, And they separate and there's conflict between them. And one of them starts to seek out the other. This sounds like a blast. Sounds like what the sequel trilogy could have been about. It sounds really like a lot of fun. Like, I love the idea. You keep it, you know, the family aspect of it, which Star Wars is has always kind of been about. And then, yeah, because I didn't know what the heck they meant by Frozen meets Kill Bill. I was like, all right, Kill Bill, I, I get it, but Frozen, like, and then it was kind of like, well, is one, like, evil? One, so, yeah, they went dark side, light side with that. It sounds fantastic. The set photos, I think they've all been, like, uh, like spy spy cam, like TMZ-style style stuff, nothing mm-hmm. official. 
I think we've got one like official behind the scenes. It looks phenomenal. It looks like a great Star Wars film. And I love Andor and I love Mando, but bring on the lightsabers. The the trailer for Ahsoka looked phenomenal. And you know, you gotta think with the kill bill element to the acolyte that the the lightsaber battles have to be like maybe ten times more intense than they would be in Ahsoka. And and I'm just really excited for it. I'm excited to get back to the height of the Jedi. When Jedi are everywhere, there's more to it. I believe it's also going to be like a murder, not a murder mystery, but, you know, like they're trying to solve these murders or some kind of something is going on. They don't know what it is. It must be the sister that's doing it. I'm really excited for it. This has so much promise. It comes out in 2024. I just, I, I you know, I don't know if it'll make Star Wars fans happy because they're, some of them are great, but the ones on social media are some of the worst people on earth. So I don't know if it is, but it feels like it's the polar opposite of Andor where Andor was like grounded and, and awesome. And that this one's going to be like over the top Jedi, a lot of fun, bring you back to that. And I say there's, I think there's a place in the sandbox for both. I really do because empire strikes back is more like Andor. There's such little force in that, right? Like, I mean, Half the movie is Han and Leia flying around in the Falcon and going out to Cloud City. And the other half is Luke using the Force. And that's how I'm going to look at these two shows. One is uh, is Han and Leia, and the other one is Luke. And just have fun with it. Have fun with the brand. Have fun with your universe. Engage in it. I hope we see some familiar... Well, we're getting a Wookiee. I'm all in on the Acolyte. I was excited for it when they first announced it. I didn't think we were going to get it because I don't believe anything. We are getting it. I'm super excited. Cannot wait. 2024 can't come soon enough. Actually, it can because Ahsoka looks equally as amazing. Actually, it looks more amazing because I've seen more of Ahsoka than the Acolyte. So we're getting, if the show starts with an A, it's going to be phenomenal in the Star Wars universe. That is what I'm going to say. That's very true. Their A track record so far is one for one. So we're solid. Uh, this, this sounds like a, such a cool show. I heard it described long ago when they were first talking about it as the kind of like a film noir. Uh, and that makes me very excited because Star Wars can be at its best when it's emulating classic Hollywood, right? It emulates World War II pictures. Great. It emulates Westerns. It emulates samurai films. So let's see what happens when you give it the Maltese Falcon treatment. And there's, oh, there's so much fun, especially if that takes place on Coruscant. Mm, yes, please. Uh, so I don't know. When we're getting this, I don't know how long it's going to be, but I'm all there for it, and I'm all there for the lightsaber action because that's just as fun to me as the grounded rebel alliance boots on the ground and or stuff. And, I mean, you mentioned the Ahsoka trailer and, and the lightsaber stuff that we see there and how great it is, and I just want to say I want to give, like, some props to the people handling Star Wars right now for making me feel like we are slowly stepping back into the world of legends, kind of. And what I mean by that is these two weirdos who show up in this trailer, this Ahsoka trailer with orange lightsabers, just the fact that they have these orangey lightsabers going on, it feels like those, you know, PlayStation 2 era legends Star Wars games where you're like, hey, yeah, this here's this random bad guy whose head is a dinosaur. He's a T-Rex man and yeah, he's got an orange saber or like some random Dark Horse comic from 1999 where there's like a whole army of people with lightsabers and there are all kinds of different colors you've never seen. That is starting to feel more like what we're getting in canon now. And I'm all for that. I like this. I like that they're continuing to cherry pick just some fun stuff and make Star Wars look special and different uh, while still maintaining its own brand integrity. Um, I'm just, I can't wait for these shows and the shows we know are coming so that I'm letting myself get excited for it. Uh, so yeah, bring on all the Acolyte. All the Acolyte. Yeah, I can't, I can't wait. And I've always thought that these shows are what the Legends books were. Only we get mm. to watch them now instead of having to read them. So I'm very excited. Final topic of the day, a new segment we're calling Hulk Smash or Hulk Pass. Hulk smash. And the Marvel's trailer came out today. It dropped this morning. Uh, the internet, I think, all liked it pretty much because Captain Marvel is one of everyone's favorite 
superheroes. Yes. I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. I actually didn't mind the first movie. I thought it was fine. Uh, I, I watched it after everybody hated it. I watched it on, on DVD and Blu-ray like a year, two years after it came out. Like it was well after it came out. Uh, maybe not that long. I watched it before I saw the... Uh, no, I watched it after. I saw Avengers Endgame first, and then I watched uh, Captain Marvel. Oh. So, yeah. So I think... Um, I, I thought it was fine. I mean, it wasn't like the greatest thing I've ever seen, but it was passable. You know, it was like whatever. Uh, but a lot of people are mad at, at uh, Brie Larson more than anything because she... Um, I don't know. She says things. I... I don't care. Uh, so anyway, the Marvel's trailer comes out. I watched WandaVision. I didn't watch Miss Marvel. Um, so this trailer starts, and it starts with uh, uh, Rambo. Rambo? Is that her name? Rambo? John Rambo? John, what's her I, name? I was in Vietnam for a long time. Uh, I don't know her, her name. Her name is Monica Rambo, James. So here's the thing that I have to say. It starts off with Monica Rambo and the whole it seems like she's the main character of this movie. Like it seems like this is a Monica Rambo movie. Uh which is fine, I suppose. The only thing I have to say is people complained about uh, the book of Boba Fett with Mando and Grogu reuniting in that show. And now I've got this movie coming out now where the main character is from another show that doesn't even have the main character of this movie in that show. Anyway, so starts off with that. I saw this trailer. Like I said, I didn't actually mind Captain Marvel. I'm not a hater. It was like whatever. Uh, this trailer, though, I'm going to uh, Hulk smash this one. No, Hulk pass this one, Andrew. It didn't. Um, I don't know when the movie comes out. It didn't. It didn't hook me. I thought Miss Marvel. To uh, in all honesty, uh, Miss Marvel, which I haven't seen that show. I thought she was great in this. I thought that kid was great. I was like, oh, she's got she's got energy. I like her. Uh, but the trailer itself, I like the idea that she can like steal, like swap places. It seemed like it had cool stuff going on. I couldn't figure out what the hell the movie was about, though. Uh, so I'm going to pass on this one. Uh, maybe you release another trailer and I'll like it a little bit more. But I wasn't, I don't know, I wasn't in love with it. What about you, Hulk Smash or Hulk Pass? The... Marvel's trailer, um, the Marvels was of the three Marvel movies that we're getting this year, the one I was the least excited for, just, you know, not out of any bad reason for itself, but just because Guardians and Ant-Man seemed like a bigger deal, like they seemed more exciting. Uh, so I was just ready for a trailer to just show me basic plot, whatever. I wasn't like, yes, please show me. And I wasn't, you know, uninterested. So then the trailer came out and I think based on what I saw, I don't think it's the strongest movie trailer, James, but as far as how the trailer makes me feel about the film it's trying to sell, this is a very hard Hulk smash for me because I love the idea of this body swapping. Every time one of them uses their powers, they end up swapping places with the another person. And it's like this triangle of swapping. And that is why, that's a perfect example of why I love the MCU is because they do these things that, yes, it's a superhero story about these conflict characters, but they're telling it through a lens or they're telling it through a script that is completely outside of what you would expect. This is an anti-superhero fatigue movie because I don't care how much superhero fatigue you have, you have not been to see a superhero movie or a comic book movie about three characters who keep swapping every time they use their powers. You, you just haven't. I promise you, you haven't. <laughs> so that is a beautiful way to make... So it's not just about, hey, here's these three characters and this movie's going to be them teaming up it's that, yes, but it's got this twist, this this conceit to it that is making it something else entirely. And now, you know, it raises all the questions. Why is this happening? Is somebody doing this to them? How are they going to undo it? And what kind of fun combinations and misunderstandings and just situational events are they going to get themselves into because of it? And I'm here for all of that. 
I think I think you just sold it better than the trailer did. It, I like the idea of it. It just it it just didn't. Uh, I told I didn't hook me. That's all. I just didn't feel it. And um, I like the poster though. They released like a poster. I think. Yeah, and that was great. cool. I like the poster better than the trailer. We'll see. When does it come out? Is this this one November? Is that the? This is a November film. Um, it's yeah. Weird that the trailer is now like like it's such a weird time for a trailer because it's. It's like you didn't do it over Easter with like Mario Brothers, and you're not waiting for Guardians of the Galaxy to release yeah. it. You're like, hey, let's do it on this random day. So that's, I mean, that has nothing to do with whether or not I like the, the trailer. That has to do with it's just weird to me. Uh, but I'm, I'm guessing we're getting another trailer probably sometime in the summer or, or fall. And that's, that'll be the one that will make me Hulk smash or Hulk smash pass on the movie. But for now, the trailer. I, I unfortunately was a Hulk pass. I I try to like them, um, but this one's a Hulk. You're a Hulk smash. I'm a Hulk pass. That's how we do it. We each t- <laughs> every time we do it, one will like one, one won't, and we'll. Yeah. All right, we, that's gonna wrap up the show. Are you gonna go see Mario Brothers right now again? Is that what you're doing? You're on your way to watch Mario again. I'm on my way just for the Bowser scenes. I'm gonna sneak in and just watch those. I can't wait to watch this movie one more time. Times a thousand. Have you Mario's. sung to Aaron yet as Bowser? She hates the song. She hasn't seen the movie. She so I sent it to her, the Jack Black piano playing, and she was like, Oh my god. And then it it's exploded. Like if you go online, it's everywhere. Every TikTok video has it. Uh she watched um uh one of the morning shows on TV today, and they were playing it. And uh, it's it's taken over the world, the Mario Galaxy, if you will. It's taken over, and I love it. I remixed my – I did a – for Mario Day, March 10th, I did a Mario pizza shaped like the Mario mushroom, and I remixed it with the Peaches song because it had to be done. It had to be done to that song, and I really didn't feel like making a pizza just, <laughs> just to play that song over. So there it is. All right, this is our episode of Super Tuesday on this fine tuesday thank you everybody for watching don't forget to i should have said this off the top andrew give us a like and subscribe and andrew you've got some books you want to plug do you have them with you i do oh no i don't have them with me but oh uh, what i'm i'm cracking good at sales man i'll tell you that uh the books are called we were wizards and they are a fantasy adventure series so if you have a fantasy fan in your life or if you are a fantasy fan then welcome to Flavor Country, my friends. You can buy We Were Wizards right now on Amazon uh, all over the world. You can get it in paper book, an ebook, and in hardcover. And there's two of them that you can get right now with more on the way. More on the way coming in the coming days, probably. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Go check out his book. You send me the link for it. I'll put it in the description. All right, everybody. Thanks for watching. Uh, give us that like, the subscribe. Hey, smash the like button. Nobody's watching. All right, everybody. See ya. May you be the master of your own universe. Peaches.